Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Welcome to the Whitetail Legacy Podcast. Another week, another podcast. Um, As you guys can tell, this is not Wednesday when this is released. I was incredibly sick on Wednesday. Um, So, recording this on Thursday. I apologize. Still getting it out to you this week, um, but this is the only the second time in so over six years now, um, just hit the six-year anniversary for this podcast, that I have not um, I have not got it out right at Wednesday. Um, so I apologize about that, but we're doing what we can over here, and we're making it happen. Um, like always, before we get into the show, let's get into the people that make this possible, and that is Exodus Outdoor Gear. Um, If you guys aren't hooked up with the newsletter, um, you need to be because there is some absolute slamming deagles going on right now um, through the Exodus website. Um, Only with getting those notifications um, on the email. So next time you have the opportunity on their website, make sure and sign up for that newsletter. And Chad, the owner of Exodus, will send you direct emails of when they got some smoking hot deals. Um, The newest smoking is hot thing they got is the Exodus Vault. Make sure and check that out. Um, happy to announce that I will be continuing to shoot uh, rec broadheads all through next year. I'm not going to change. Um, and uh, you guys, that code will be live for you all the way through the off season, getting into next season, um, to be able to purchase those broadheads um, through rec. I'm going to stick with Matt, um, become good friends with him, and really, really dig what he's got going on with his dad and making an incredible head. Um, and uh, it's just cool to be part of a company that you actually love you like love the dude that's running it you know just a solid guy so i'm going to be sticking with rec the rest of the year um i still do have that code if you're in the game for a thermal um that from dark night outdoors if you guys are in the game this is thermal season coming up um, i might have some uh, coyote episodes on here just because it's a, such a cool topic that i don't talk about a lot um, but i do a lot of coyote hunting um and when I the first thermal hunt I went on, man, it's just mind blowing how badass it is. 
Um, so if you guys want that code, um, you can save 50 bucks off a of thermal uh, through Dark Knight Outdoors. Um, I can send you that direct over. Um, I'm going to get a link tree up this week with all these on there as well. And then last but not least, as always, um, if you guys want to talk about anything going on with your life, um, supplements, um, mental health, gym, anything like that, don't be afraid to reach out. Um, and uh, anywhere, email, Facebook message, text message, whatever you got. Um, and the first form challenge of the week um, is to do something small but special for your wife, um, your girlfriend, or your mom. Um, everybody ha you know, has at least one of these. Um, and something special could be like sometimes I'll leave a note um, with dry erase on the mirror um, in the bathroom for my wife. Or uh, maybe like a real small gift to my wife is a uh, sucker for coffee. Sometimes I'll take her her favorite coffee at work and drop it off. Um, it could be something as small as a text um, even that just says, hey, thinking about you today, um, You know, hope you have a great day. Um, just try to make it something that you normally don't do um, just to let them, you know, the special ladies in our lives that really keep us going and keep the ship afloat, especially if you do have kids in a family. Um, that you appreciate them, um, and you're going to uh, build that relationship with them um, in um, a really small step um, that maybe you could do. You you know, you could take this challenge and do it every couple weeks, every three weeks. Um, there for a long time, I left a note on my uh, the mirror for my wife for about a month and a half at the first, the beginning of the year, and then I, the notes kind of graduated to my kids and I did that for about a month and then that kind of faded away and I haven't been doing it but uh that's what I'm going to be doing uh, tomorrow morning I'm going to leave a note for my wife and kids on the mirror when they wake up they absolutely love it um it was the first thing um that they uh that they look for in the morning and uh the elf you know you guys probably if you got kids you know about the elf the elf is coming so my note might kind of coincide with the elf coming you know so that's the challenge do something special um, for a lady in your life, whether it's your girlfriend, your wife, your mom, um, maybe a, a friend that's just a girl, um, your grandma, whatever it is, do something nice for the ladies this week. That is the call out. All right, let's get into the show with Matt. Here we go. All right, I got my good buddy Matt on um, driving to work. Appreciate you making time for us, brother. How's it going? Uh, it's going good, man. We're just... Uh living that grind you know yeah every day yeah i appreciate you rescheduling with me with my uh sickness i had i i got i went to bed about 9:45 um after i got everything settled down at the house the kids um and i got a call at 11:05 to go into work and uh i can, you i can say no but i just have a tendency to always say yes um so i go yeah i'll come in and then i worked about 6:30 um, and I don't know if it was the combined, you know, hour of sleep and what I had going on, but I had worked out really hard the last three days, been hitting the sauna really hard, um, steam room, and uh, probably just kind of depleted myself. And then my immune system was like, all right, this is it, dude. The, <laughs> we're going to die, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so I just, man, I just crashed, dude. And uh, I was shiv like having cold like cold shit shakes and um barely made it home almost called my wife to come get me um from work and got home and i ended up taking the next day off work which i normally don't do um so i took that sick day and man it was i needed it but 
we had we had planned to like I said this is this is only the second time in six years that I haven't released an episode on a Wednesday. So um, last time was COVID, and this time it was just like you know I think I've been doing this long enough. I feel like I need to get it out there. I'm gonna get it out there this week, but they can they can wait a couple of days. <laughs> I, I, the the content wouldn't have been good, man. I'd just been up here like, uh, uh, let's just, let's just slug through this thing and get it done. You know, um, you gotta take care of yourself. Yeah. Yeah. It comes to a point where like we've been talking, you just, uh, you know, you, you want to release the episode, but you want to do it the best of your ability. If you're going to waste the time to do it, it might as well be good. And, uh, just would, would have been good. Um, so, but I appreciate you coming on. And uh, we're going to talk about what a lot of people are, you know, a lot of people have killed. A lot of people haven't killed. Um, with social media, it probably looks like everybody is killed. But I bet you it's oh, probably, uh, I bet you it's probably about a 50-50 split out there still of guys that have killed, uh, you know, a nice buck and guys that haven't killed a buck that are hunters. Uh, might even be worse than that. Might be 60 I, that yeah. haven't killed, 40 that have. Um, I'd say, I'd say even maybe worse than that, to be honest. I mean, I you only see the, the good the good on social media from other people like you never see the bad and then, and you know if you think about it there's how many thousands and thousands of people that hunt and you're only seeing you know 10 15 good deer killed every day on social media and that's all over the united states it's like i mean i truly i mean i i would say like there's probably 75 80 percent people still grinding out there in my opinion yeah, you're probably right. You know, it's hard to know exactly what you got going on. I know a lot of my buddies that haven't killed that normally kill, um, and I know a lot of people that kind of had that uh, that luck, um, and that's kind of what I've been needing this year is just with luck. <laughs> you know, yeah, every time I go too. out, I'm just like, man, I just need a, just a little just a little luck, you know. And I know what my problem is, um, and uh, it just it's really hard to fix during season, um, but. Uh, something that I can fix later on. Um, but I didn't kill last year until December 30th, I think. So, I mean, it ain't over. Yeah, it ain't over until it's over. I'm not, I'm not done yet. I'm actually on some bucks, um, on the urban public. Um, so kind of switching gears, get through this gun season. Um, cause I can't hunt out there during gun season. Um, even bow hunt, they don't allow. So, so uh get through that and then i'll be back out there but we're kind of talking about the ups and downs of bow season and how you know some years you have just the most epic banging year ever and then some years you have years like this um so to start this off i kind of want to talk about um what is one of just the years that you just had you just had it man you just had it going on and kind of run through that year real quick and reminisce on that before we get into the the hard stuff uh, yeah, honestly, probably last year. Um, and I feel like this is kind of a, it's kind of a trait. Like when you have a really good year, I always feel like God wants to humble you the next year. And, and last year I killed two bucks and, um, stuck one in Indiana on public that we couldn't find. But I, I chalked that, that deer up as a win because I had some equipment failure and that and that is the god honest truth like i made a good shot i think my arrow shaft like the carbon was cracked or broken or something that the arrow literally bounced off the deer and i'm not i'm not sure if 
I'm really not sure what happened, but last year I killed a deer in Kentucky, um, a real good eight point. And then um, I live in Ohio, so we're only allowed one buck tag. I killed a 157 inch eight point in Ohio and uh, and then stuck, stuck like a 125, 130 deep, deep in some uh, big woods in Indiana. So I would say last year was by far um, one of my best years just from, you know, getting getting the opportunity to kill potentially three deer bringing two home and one uh, not sure what happened but uh but yeah that last year was definitely a good year unlike this year yeah, I yeah. Think is what we were wanting to get into but man this year has been an absolute grind it's i feel like i can do nothing wrong or excuse me nothing right everything wrong and uh it's just just one of them years man sometimes you have them and sometimes you don't yeah, I uh, I had a really good year a couple years ago where I was bucked out in October. I had killed a buck early that I thought was way bigger than it was um, by about maybe 20, 25 inches. Um, and then I went to Missouri with a, um, and killed opening day down in Missouri, another deer that I thought was a little bit bigger. But I was just in that, like, just the, the funnest, most yeah. jacked up season. Just, like, every time we went out, we were in deer, we were having – just so much fun and it didn't really matter what I killed just because the experience was, was so good. Yep. Um, and now I'm missing that and I'm missing the, you know, the good hunts. Um, like we were talking before we record this, you know, sometimes it's, it's not about, you know, shooting a buck every time, you know, you go out. It's sometimes it's just about having a couple good sits to keep you motivated and going. Um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm struggling. Excuse me. I'm still, I'm still not a hundred percent. I have to keep throat clear my throat. Um, but yeah, I, I'm having a kind of a rough year like that as well um, this year. And I, I think I mentioned it on a podcast. But in your opinion, for a guy kind of like me and you, you know, we're not hunting. We're hunting permission ground. We're not hunting giant, crazy big farms um, where we can manicure stuff. How many opportunities a year do you think a guy gets on a shooter buck? I get, I, I promise you, and it's like science. I will get three opportunities a year and I, and I grind and it's, and it's just because it's just because like you said, I'm hunting on property that 10 other guys have permission on. I don't own anything. I don't lease anything. I don't have, I probably shouldn't make it sound like this, but I don't hunt grandpa's property that, you know, nobody else has hunted and he's got 700 acres. And like, I, I just, the way the cards are dealt in my life, I don't have any family or even any like family friends that have a lot of property. So everything that I hunt is knock on door, buy permission, grinding. And uh, I'm not really big on, there's nothing against leasing. I'm just not really big on like buying a deer. I, I would rather, I'd rather work hard for it. But, but I will say that with me getting a little older, I have, I have kind of sat back and realized that like you're just old anymore. Like sooner or later, you need a property where you can go out four or five times and, and almost be guaranteed to kill something versus, you know, grind your tail off and not know what's going to happen because you don't know who was in there doing what, et cetera. But yeah. Yeah, to, to answer your question, like maybe three at most I'll get at like a, and I'm talking like a real good deer, like 
you know, 160 plus, I might get three opportunities a year. Yeah, that's what I think. I'm thinking I'm like a two, you know, three kind of guy as well. And, uh, you know, if you don't capitalize on those moments, like they're so quick and, you know, to be able to be in the moment and then capitalize on that moment because um, when you're there, you're like, oh, it, I'll, you know, I'll get another chance. Like it's in November, November 2nd, you're not thinking, well, that's my last shot of that deer. Like it, it just, yeah. but it could be, you know, yeah. like it's just, yeah, it doesn't sink in until, you know, you get into December and you're like, shit, dude, I had, you know, I bunch of trail cam picture of that deer and I got one encounter, you know, at 60. Like yeah. you would think that they're just creatures that know how to survive and, and jive out there. But, um, so at, with those two questions out of the way, you know, we kind of reminisced a good year. We talked about, you know, you only get a few encounters with a buck. Um, let's go ahead and get into the story of your uh, your up and down year that you've had. Yeah. Yeah, we can jump into it. Um, I'll probably just rewind to September, to be honest, because uh, I went down to Kentucky for an early season hunt. I always try to hunt in Kentucky during the velvet season. They always open the first week of September, and I always just have a lot of fun down there and normally have a lot of success. This year was the complete opposite. Um, for one, I went down there by myself, which was something that I've never done before. I always go down with the guys. Uh, this year, um, Jared had a baby. Uh, I, Kev, Kev went out west. Uh, Black, Black was deployed in uh, the Netherlands, and it was just nobody was around. And I, 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 I had bought my tag, and I thought, well, I'll just go. Well, I will say one thing. I'm, I'm not one of them people that uh, can grind the solo for 11 days mentally and physically, man. It was tough. Like, I, I truly learned that I enjoy the process of the hunt with my buddies more than I enjoy the process of the kill. Um, I never, I never gave up. I hunted for, I think it was nine days straight. Um, every, I think I missed a couple mornings, but I hunted every day and, uh, only had a few encounters. Didn't see a lot of deer, just really, it was just a really bad trip. And in the past, um, we've always, we've always killed when we went down to Kentucky. And this year I, I really didn't even, I had an opportunity at a, at a little basket, six point. Uh, full velvet and that was my only true opportunity I, I spot and stop into a probably 130 but he was way too out <clears throat> excuse me he was way far out in the beans and I wasn't able to get a good look at him but other than that nine days of grinding um, I was hunting a lot of public too in the morning and uh, I think I think I just kind of went too hard too early because I was going a couple miles back every morning and thinking that I was going to go way back in this this big timber and have success and <laughs> that was not the case yeah and then uh um got humbled got humbled and uh I ended up losing uh two properties like we were talking earlier everything's knock on door by permission uh one of my best properties uh the guy, the landowner was being kind of flaky and, um, normally it's always really, really cool. Like 
I'll, I'll text him or I'll call him. Hey, you know, I'm in the area. I'll swing by and get my permission slip signed. And, uh, he kept, he kept blowing me off, kept blowing me off, kept blowing me off. Well, a week before season opened up and Ohio always opens up uh, the last Saturday in September, I finally kind of cornered him and was like, Hey, you know, I need to get down there and start getting stuff taken care of. And, and uh, I had some cameras on the property even that I wanted to go check and he ended up telling me that he ended up leasing it out. And uh, he didn't, he didn't have the courage to tell me that it was leased out and there was a guy on it pretty hard and he was going to sell it. And there was some legal issues. So I lost, I lost that property. Um, and then I ended up losing another property that, that wasn't the greatest thing in the world, but still a property. Uh, just because I think the landowner was, was getting to an age where I just think he didn't want to deal with anybody on the property. I, I, I really, I'm not really sure what happened because I, I didn't do anything wrong. And, and there was one or two other guys that hunted it and I talked to them and they said they didn't do anything, but long story short, uh, he didn't want anybody hunting it for some reason. He told everybody that no more hunting. So I was going into the season kind of kind of defeated thinking like oh man I'm I'm in trouble um luckily I had a couple other properties that I had permission to hunt on and uh I just I was just gonna rely on those and I feel like God always he always comes through sooner or later when it comes to hunting for me because um I I ended up getting a property the year prior so let's rewind to the year before I ended up just randomly getting a property, um, kind of just fell into my lap and it wasn't much to look at on a map, but it was still somewhere else to hunt. And, uh, it was a lot of ag, not a lot of timber. And, um, as I, as I stopped my truck to get some fuel, but it, it wasn't a lot of timber. And, uh, I thought, well, at least it's another place to hunt and I'll give it a whirl. So I ended up hanging some cameras and got a really good, got a really good deer on camera late season. So I was kind of excited going into this season thinking, well, I've got that property as a, as a backup plan. Little do I know that the biggest typical that I've ever hunted, it was on that property. And I believe it was the deer that I got pictures of last year. He, he blew up like 40 inches. And, um, so I was really excited about that, but the landowner that owns that property, there's a lot of weird rules. I can't hunt, I can't hunt on Sundays. Um, if somebody, it's, it's a lot of acres. I don't want to give away too much, but it's, it's a big farm, like big enough where multiple people can hunt it and have fun. But like, he's one of them guys that if somebody's hunting, nobody else is allowed on there. And I ended up finding out that there's probably 10 other people that had permission and uh, luckily, I don't think any of them knew about the big deer. And just to kind of paint the picture, we're talking like a mid-70s. He might hit 80s, but probably mid-70s, real clean, typical, like as clean as, as clean as they come. And uh, luckily, I don't think a lot of people knew about him on the property because they all hunted on the one side, um, on the north side, and he was on the south. So going into season... Uh, I started getting pictures of him mid-October, and I really started focusing on him. Hunted him hard. Um, didn't have any encounters in October, 
ended up having two encounters in um, November. But before we get into that, uh, we went to we went to Indiana as a born again went to Indiana. Kev, myself, Jarrett, and Black went to Indiana, and I ended up filming for the guys. Um, I had a I guess I didn't, I forgot to mention this. I also went to PA early and for like a weekend hunt with a couple buddies. And, uh, I had, we were hunting public and I had, this is, this, this ties into the bad luck. So I go deep into public first day during PA's early season. And, um, there was probably 15 trucks, uh, all over this public and we got in there early. So I don't even know how many were in there after you know we because we got in there probably hour hour and a half before legal and there was that many trucks pulled over and i'm just like this is gonna be bad <laughs> so we so i ended up getting as far away as i could thinking that that was my only chance i ended up seeing uh two bucks but where we were at there's a point restriction and it has you have to have uh three up on one side so basically it has to be an eight point or bigger so what are the odds a real big seven point comes in and his his seventh point was maybe an inch, maybe not. So in reality he was like a big six. Yeah. And I mean he, he was like he was like at his ears and I'm like, Are you kidding me? I'm I'm in PA, I'm hunting public and a six point at his ears walks by me and I can't shoot him. And then he had a running buddy who was probably a hundred and ten, hundred and twenty inch eight point, which I would have smoked out of state pa only hunting a couple days but he broke his complete right side main beam off like below the brown time broke it off so he only had one side and i'm like i'm like are you kidding me so long story short that ended my pa hunt um hunting a couple days hard had some equipment failure my sight broke i ended up missing a doe it was just it was just terrible trip i had a lot of fun with the guys that i went with but the hunting experience was not good so now, fast forward back to Indiana. Sorry, I kind of got that story mixed up in timeline. But now we're back in Indiana, and I'm filming. And wouldn't trade it for the world. Um, absolutely love the guys that I hunt with, love the team. But I, in the back of my mind, I kept thinking, like, man, I got a, I got the biggest deer, biggest typical I've ever hunted in my life at home. And we're we're last week of October, you know, hitting it hard in Indiana, but. Indiana was a blast. Kevin killed. Jarrett killed. Black hit two bucks that we couldn't find. Like just fantastic. Like couldn't couldn't have asked for a better trip. Really needed to get away and just enjoy deer camp and not worry about the stress. Um, you had some at, great weather there too to really yeah it in. yeah yeah we had we had a cold front kind of roll through um, for a couple of days and towards the end of the of the trip it warmed up to like 70 80 but those first couple days were yeah were were magical i I was supposed to be there i was supposed to be there but i bucked out i i had plans of going for for pretty much all year um and then i i was so far behind at the beginning of the season on my house and i was talking to a buddy i was like i probably focused on whitetails less more late season than ever but, like, in the summertime with, like, food plots, trail cameras, you know, stands, like, zero. Like, none of that. Because I was yeah. so focused on getting my house done before season that I was still doing it in October. 
And I was like, God, I just can't, I can't make it happen, <laughs> man. And then, like I said, the fourth kid, anybody out there that has four kids would understand or a couple kids would understand. It's just so much to ask the wife to say, Hey, and that what, what's bad is my wife would like be okay with it, you know? Um, yeah. cause that's the, you know, the lady she is, but <clears throat> excuse me, the whole time out there, I'd be thinking that, man, I probably should be home right now, you know? So yeah. I just didn't yeah. want that weighing on me, um, while I was out there, but I'll definitely take the invite again if you guys do it again. Dude, but uh, you are yeah. you are always invited. You are always invited, and uh, it was a blast. And like I wish you would have went, but family comes first, and and uh, I completely understand that, you know. But so you did I lose you? No, yeah, I'm okay, sorry. Yeah, sorry. so you filmed out there, um, and yeah, Kev killed a, a whopper out there. Um, yeah, that video actually just dropped tonight. Nice. So if anyone wants, if anyone wants to go watch that, like uh, unselfish plug right there, go check it out. Yeah. I greatly appreciate it. But uh, yeah, so came back from Indiana after a, just a banger trip. Like couldn't have asked for a better trip. And um, worked for a, for worked for a week, and then took a week off to hunt. Basically, the second week of November. And I grinded every single day, and I wish I would have went out of state and tried to fill either my Kentucky tag or my PA tag, because I would have shot a lesser buck out of state just just because it's not a state buck. But in Ohio, I was kind of grinding for some some certain some certain age class, and uh, um, I had two or three deer probably pushing over 160 that I that I wanted to kill, and um. Just could never really get get on them, and uh, I was getting pictures of a lot of deer. And and Kevin actually reached out to me, uh, not necessarily reached out, but Kevin just said, "Hey, uh, you know, I'm struggling. Like we we talk every day, and he wasn't seeing much on camera, and he wasn't really his property really wasn't producing for him. And you know, Kevin's a great family man as well, just just like yourself, like always putting his wife first, like always helping around the house, and like just a, just a good dude. And I said, well, I've, I've got, I've got plenty of bucks running around Kev. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I told him, I was like, uh, what happened was there was a one thirty that was bedded with a doe out in this, this like CRP field. And, uh, I, I actually called him and was like, let's put a spot and stock on this deer. And he was like, okay, let's do it. Ended up not getting on that deer. And I'm just like, well, let's just hang a set somewhere. And you could hunt for the rest of the evening. If something walks by that you want to shoot, like, you know, it's it's all yours, buddy. I didn't even take my bow. Like, I'm just like, you've been struggling. Like, at least I've been seeing deer. Like, not the deer that I wanted, but at least I was seeing deer. He wasn't even seeing deer in general. And I'm like, dude, just let's just go have fun. Like, hopefully we can get you on something. And the season he was having, like, he just was like, man, I, I'd be thankful for, you know, 130 inch deer to walk by and he said i'd be tickled pink and i'm like well where we're going there's probably a good chance that we'll see something like that <laughs> little did i know that um i put him on one of my shooters and he ended up killing one of my targets off of that property and in his defense when the deer was coming in he kind of looked at me and was like what do you want me to do and and i told him like i'm not gonna be that guy and say don't shoot it you know but so I told him like, "Hey man, it's 
it's if you want to kill that deer, you kill that deer. So he ended up taking uh, a mid forties buck off the property, which was just just a great experience. His his actually biggest uh, bow kill to date, and uh, couldn't be more excited to share that experience with him in the tree, and just and we just we just had a lot of fun, man. Like it, it. I will say like it was it was a little bit bittersweet because I felt like I was grinding so hard. And, you know, I was all, I was also hunting that deer. Um, he was, he was the smallest deer that I wanted to target on that property, but he still was a target buck. And I would have shot him if I had my bow in my hand, but it just, it just wasn't meant to be that night. And, uh, Kevin ended up taking him and I was, I was truly, I was extremely happy for him. Um, couple days goes by and I don't even think I told you this black he he hit me up and he was like hey buddy he's like I'm struggling like they, he has a couple farms that he can hunt and they they weren't producing for him and he's like he's like man they just tilled in this hay field that was the only crops left on on my best farm and he's like I just I'm not having any deer on my place I just don't know what to do and this was also during my rut vacation and I'm like well buddy I said, you, you off anytime soon? And he told me his work schedule. And I said, all right. I think it was Thursday of, of my rutcation. I'm like, well, come out. I'll, I'll see what I can do. Get him on a deer. First set, dude. I didn't tell you this. First set in the morning, he shoots one. And I'm like, I was ecstatic for him. Like, everything's on film. Like, it's going to be great for the show. But, like, you know couldn't be happier for the dudes like honestly could not be happier but in the back of my mind you know how it is like you're, you're always like, like right. when's it my yeah. turn you know <laughs> come on man what the yeah. heck's going on here <laughs> yeah yeah i mean i take two of my buddies out in the first sit they both kill great deer and i'm like okay you know sooner or later like karma's gonna come around and uh i am a i am a firm believer in like you know what what goes around comes around everything happens for a reason god has a plan kind of stuff and um so I ended up switching tactics um, and hunting that real big typical. I ended up seeing him twice, uh, once at 80 and once at 90. Um, and like I was saying earlier, it's a lot of ag, not a lot of timber. So he was out in this hay field. He was dogging a doe both nights. I, I shoot a lot. And I, I truly know that I could hit an eight ring on a, on a, 3d target nine out of 10 times at 80 90 yards but there's always that one time in like 90 yards 80 yards in a deer like i do not want to shoot that and like i had a lot of buddies you know kind of give me a hard time like man you should try like you're gonna miss every shot you don't take but like an animal like that 175 180 inch typical like i i do not want to take a chance of wounding that deer i really wanted him at like 15 yards so i wouldn't I wouldn't mess it up, and uh, I just I decided not to take him. Um, I wouldn't even consider it passing. Like, I never even grabbed from my bow in reality because I, he wasn't close enough for me to even think about shooting him. I just was watching him out there push does. Um, so that ended my that ended my, uh, my rutcation, so to say. And now we now we're talking present time, uh, Thanksgiving time frame actually, and uh, I apologize. I'm gonna step out of the truck and, and get some fuel, but I'll still no, I'll ahead. still yeah. talk about the story. Yeah. Um. So, fast forward to present time, my wife and I were at her in-laws for Thanksgiving, and 
we're in, we're in that age of life where everybody goes to, you know, a million different Thanksgivings. We always have a million things running around. And half the family left at like two o'clock at her mom's house. So I asked her, I was like, I was like, what do you want to do? Or you just want to chill at your mom's and you want to go home? Or like, what, what are you thinking? And she's like, you know what? I'd, I'd rather spend the evening with you. Um, she's a, she works a lot. She's actually um, a resident physician. So she's almost a doctor, but not yet. So she works as much hours as I do. We both work probably 50, 60, sometimes 70 hours a week, Monday through Friday. And um, we barely get to see each other. And she's like, I just want to spend the evening with you. And I'm like, why? Well, if I get the free pass, I really want to go hunting. And <laughs> she, she, she's like, well, what if I went hunting with you? And dude, I, I about fell, I about fell out of my seat. We were sitting at the kitchen table at her mom's and I'm like, are you serious? You want to go hunting? Cause she's not against it, but she's not one of them that wants to see it. If that makes sense. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, well, if you're going hunting with me, let's go. So we went to a farm that um, I had, it's real easy access. Like, not a lot of you know hiking back in just a couple hundred yards off the road you know just real easy flat walking and uh there's a deer in there and my wife and i have this thing where i let her name all my big ones and if i get a picture of a big one that's consistent and not just a random deer i'll be like hey what do you what do you want to name this deer so she'll name deer for me and she named there's probably 160 inch deer out there with split threes and uh <laughs> She named him Whiskers, um, and because because of the name Whiskers, he's just an old son of a gun, and like he just, if you could imagine a deer that would look like Whiskers, this is the spitting image of Whiskers, <laughs> just like run down, like going downhill. I I got the property three years ago, and and he was probably in the mid fifties when I first found him. Last year he was probably in the mid to high sixties, and this year he's actually going back down. He's probably low sixties, high fifties. So, I mean, I really don't even know how old this deer is, but I would say he's, if I had to take a, my best guess, he's probably six and a half, seven and a half going downhill. And never seen this deer in person. He's real skittish. He's one of them deer that are just like real anal about everything, never makes a mistake. And we were sitting in the tree and I kind of was telling her like, hey, this is where Whiskers lives. He normally comes out in this corner. And all we were doing, we were sitting over a cut bean field and I just wanted her to see deer. I I wasn't even like anticipating killing anything. And we had, we had the hunt of our lives, man. Like I, I couldn't have asked God for a better opportunity. We saw, we saw about 10 bucks and then like a bunch of does and we, and whiskers at that 160 inch deer actually came out um, about 10 minutes before, before legal light. And he came out at like 80 yards and was feeding in this bean field. And the whole time she wanted me to shoot him, but I had to explain to her that it's too far and like legal light. Like, even though the moon was super bright that night, you know, with the naked eye, you could see him after legal. But um, I kept I kept telling her, like, no, I can't do that. Like, you know, I know that the average Joe would probably throw an arrow at this thing, but like it's after legal. I don't want to do anything wrong. I don't want I want to do everything by the book. And uh, so she finally understood that. You know, he got the free pass that night. He ended up working in about 60 yards, um, just feeding out in the beans. And we actually stayed in the tree forever because there was so much deer out in the field. 
I ended up howling like a coyote and got the deer out of the field and then we scrammed out of the tree real quick. Um, but with having that encounter, I've always, I've always kind of paid attention to this. That I feel the same thing twice if they're going to do the same thing, but they won't do it three times. So like if a deer makes a mistake, because he came out in that bean field on the wrong wind, and I felt like for him, and I felt like he was killable, so obviously he made a mistake. And I'm like, well, if he's going to do that on today, the next day there was a, there was a cold front rolling through, and I'm like, well, he's definitely going to do it tomorrow if, you know, if he did it today. So I ended up um, – work, work gave us the option the Friday after Thanksgiving. They were like, you guys can either come in. We can't, we don't really care um, if you can't come in, but, you know, it's, it's, it's an option for you guys. If you want to use vacation, you can. If you don't, like, we understand. But I just took the option, no payday, and uh, um, sorry, I just want to make sure I didn't hook up to you on my truck. Oh, yeah, I think you did. That's a- All right, so I took the day with no pay because work gave me the option to do that, and... Um, Ended up going out and hunting and had the deer went in for an evening set, didn't even want to bother for a morning set because it was on a bean field. Went in and had the deer come out um, about 100 yards from where he came out the night before. And what was weird was the deer, the deer came out super early, which bothered me because I hate when if you are hunting a food source, I hate when your target buck or what you want to shoot comes out first because they're always super, super like anxious and leery. And, and he came out probably at like 4:45. And in Ohio, where our um, time zone is, to, to paint a picture, uh, legal is about 5:30. So he came out super early for being a mature deer. No other deer were out in the field, and. Uh, it was really cold, like I said, that cold front rolled in. It was probably mid-20s. I self-film, or I was self-filming, and I shoot a, a thumb button release, and I hate wearing gloves. So I'm, I'm one of them guys that, like, I'll keep my hands in my pockets for as long as I can because I hate feeling uncomfortable at full draw with bulky gloves. And, like, I don't like, I don't like bare skin contact with my bow hand and my release hand. So. I have my bow in my one hand and my release on the bow and the other hand filming with the camera. So to paint a picture, the deer is at about 80, 90 yards and he's working towards me. And there's this outside corner of this bean field where if he comes my direction, he will 100% give me an opportunity. It starts getting real, real cold. Like once the sun started to set, started getting cold the wind died down and got real quiet and the whole time i kept telling myself man if, if you can get your bow drawn back you can kill this sucker but the, but the secret's gonna be getting your bow back and up until this point i think i was like seven for seven on on bucks not including the one i hit in indiana with my my arrow doing whatever it did but i was seven for seven if i could draw my bow back but if I've been busted a lot trying to draw on mature deer, I, I, I've just always got caught in a bad situation or like tried to draw when I thought that 
I would be able to get away with it and they swung their heads on me or something or heard something, bow creaked, whatever. Yeah. I had bad experiences drawing. And um, I kept telling myself, if I can get my bow back, this sucker is dead. For a half hour, he, he's working towards me. He's, he's finally within about 25 yards, feed down in this bean field. And the whole time, the whole time I'm telling myself, man, if you can just draw your bow back, do it real quiet, like this thing's dead. He finally gives me the opportunity where he, he swings his head up, looks the opposite direction, both ears the opposite direction. And uh, a, a, a doe was stepping out in the field or something. And I drew my bow back as slow as I possibly could because he was so close and he was, and uh, it was so quiet that I didn't want my clothes to make any noise. I didn't want my bow to creak. So I get my bow back and I take a deep breath and I'm like, you are dead, my friend. And uh, I think I mentioned earlier in the podcast, I, not to be arrogant, but I shoot my bow a lot and I shoot a lot of competition archery. And like, I, I truly have a lot of confidence once I'm at full draw. If I can get my bow drawn, I just know that I'm going to make a good shot. Like I'm just, I'm confident in my abilities. And I remember getting back at full draw, mind you, my hands have been out in, you know, mid 20 degree temperature for a half an hour. I remember getting back to full draw and I'm like, man, your release hand is cold. I remember thinking, like, you can't feel nothing back there. Like, I couldn't feel the position of the release in my hand. And I'm like, I shoot an extremely hot, meaning like hair trigger, thumb button. And I remember thinking, like, be careful, Matt. Don't, don't accidentally shoot this release off by not being able to feel the, the barrel of the release. I wrap, so I finally, I'm reaching for my barrel, and it takes me a minute to kind of find it. I finally find the barrel of my release. I rest my thumb on it, thinking, like, okay, I'm just barely touching it. I look down my peep sight. The deer has no, no idea in the world I'm around. He's just feeding in the beans. And I looked down my peep sight and my bow was obviously pointed towards him, but I hadn't really got into my shot yet. I finally anchored. I looked down my peep and my, my pin's just right below him, like maybe a foot and a half in between his legs below him. And I'm like, all right, cool. I'm just going to raise up a little bit, put my 20 yard pin about mid body, just send it. <laughs> little did I know that with my hand being so cold that, um, I was probably pushing, I wasn't probably, I was pushing harder on my release than I wanted to. And the movement from my bow hand going up caused the release to fire. And I shot, I missed 160 inch deer at 25 yards, shot completely right in between his legs, all because and I will say it was 100% my fault. I'm not going to sit here and blame equipment. Like it was 100% my fault. I let my hands get too cold, but I missed, <laughs> I missed whiskers, 160 inch deer at 25 yards. All like this whole season's been nothing but a grind. I've had nothing but like, dude, if, if somebody, if you want to come hunt with me, I promise I'll get you on a deer. But, like, <laughs> I, dude, I can't for the life of me this year for for me personally man i i just cannot get on a deer and i will i want to talk about this a little bit before we change subjects like 
he took off and had no clue in the world what happened. It was a clean miss. Like, couldn't have asked for a better miss. Like, I would have felt awful if I would have wounded him or something. But completely just clean miss. He ran off. No clue in the world. He stopped at, like, 80 yards. Kind of flicked his tail, looked around, did that, like, nervous walk where they're just kind of swinging their head back and forth, not knowing what happened. He ended up coming back in the field later that night. But um, since then, he's kind of avoided that corner and, and I'm, I'm restricted to property lines. Once again, it's a knock on door permission spot. I can't hunt where I want to. I can't hunt where he's bedding. It's just, I just got to get lucky when he comes out to that bean field. And I remember thinking in the tree, like in the past, I would have, I would have chucked my bow out of the tree. I would have, I would have been just mattered in a hornet. And for whatever reason, I, I just kind of felt this peace about it. I just, I was like, you know what, Matt, like it wasn't meant to be. And I'm a firm believer in God has a plan. Like I'm a firm believer in that and I have to trust his process. And I've, I give that advice a lot to people when they're down, like, don't worry, brother. Like God has a plan for it. We may not like it. We may not know why, but like, ultimately there's a reason why stuff's happening to you right now. You just got to keep grinding and eventually you'll figure out why God put you through those situations in life. And I think I even like texted you that when you stuck that deer in the shoulder yeah. and was like, just keep grinding, buddy. Like God has a plan. And uh, I had to, I don't want to say that I had to eat my own words, but like, if that makes sense, I had to, I had to sit back and realize that I have to listen to my own advice. And as much as I hated to sit there and admit it, like I had to, I had to tell myself that it was okay. It was okay that you missed. It was okay that you've grinded all year. It's okay that, you know, it, it wasn't, it wasn't meant to be. God has a plan. And after I told myself that, I just had this like extreme peace about everything and just felt like, hey, either I'll get another opportunity or I won't. And you and I kind of talked about that before um, we started recording on the podcast. I feel like you and I are both in a career in our hunting paths where we don't necessarily, and maybe, maybe like, a couple of years ago, I would have fought somebody tooth and nail for saying this. I'm not at the stage where like, I want to kill really bad. I really, really want to kill, but I'm not at a stage where I have to kill. Like, I'm not going to judge my season based off of how many tags I fill. And I feel like a lot of guys are stuck in that. I need to fill a tag to be successful. And I, pr I promise you, and you're there, I know that you understand, like, you do not have to fill a tag to be successful. And I know a lot of guys probably just rolled their eyes listening to this, thinking like, you know, yeah, right, like, you got to kill. But I was there. I was in your shoes a couple of years ago thinking that, like, I had to kill the biggest deer in the woods. I had to do this. I do that. And, and now I'm just hunting for myself. Like, I'm not hunting for anybody else. I've got my own goals. And I'm okay if I don't meet my goals. It just means that I have to work a little harder next year. And, you know, like I said, God has a plan. I, you know, maybe Kevin, Kevin and the guys were kind of talking to me and were like, Hey, you can't kill that big typical. If you, if you shoot a 160 and by all means, 160 inch deer, I would be tickled pink with like that. 
I'd be so happy. I'd be happy with 140 inch deer. But moral of the story is, you know, maybe God, Ohio has a really long archery season. We go until like late January. It's uh, it's always the first weekend in February that we go to. So I have, I have a couple months to hunt. Maybe, maybe the good Lord has something in his, up his sleeve for me where I can try to get on that big typical. Um, but man, I just got to trust the process and, and just, just roll with the punches. This has been one of them seasons that have just been, I feel like I've had a lot of decent opportunities, but just, man, just couldn't, couldn't make it happen. Whether it was out of bow range or whether it was, you know, taking my buddies out and the first time, first time taking them out to one of my, you know, one of my best spots, they both kill great deer. And, you know, my other buddy, Cromer, he was telling me that like, Carmel, come around. Like, dude, I promise you, you're going to kill a giant this year. Like name one other person that lets other people shoot deer when you haven't even filled a tag. And, I, and I'm not saying that to brag, but I'm just like, that's truthfully what he was telling me. And, and in my heart, I was like, you know what? Like, I almost believed it. I'm like, maybe, maybe karma will come around and, and like, maybe, maybe the good Lord will bless me because I, I did put my friends first and I, I did put them on deer and I, I thought of them before myself. And even though I was struggling, even though I took off vacation to hunt, like I hadn't filled my tag, I still put them first. They were struggling worse than I was. I put them on deer and I was like, maybe, maybe the good Lord will bless me. I mean, I'll tell you what dude it it was hard like when i missed that deer it was hard to swallow at first until i told myself that god has a plan and then i felt peace about it but at first man it was i felt like i felt like why you know like what did i do to deserve this but i have to trust the process and i have to just believe that he'll take care of me whether it's killing a deer or not man i mean it's it is what it is you know yeah, the uh, just to give you a little bit of uh, maybe some some positive inside motivation. Um, the year I killed my giant, I uh, I had shot a buck high in the shoulder. Um, so let let me take you back. So the year before I killed the one ninety, I lost a buck that was one ninety two hundred. True. Um, and uh jumped him up like five six hours after the shot tried to shoot him again um couldn't get um couldn't get access on the property that he went on to the next day pretty much let it ruin my whole season going into the next season i shot a buck high didn't recover it um was devastated it was like a 150s 10 clean perfect beautiful 10 early october shot him in no man's land Right when I released, I, he ducked the arrow. I knew I hit him high, um, tracked him a little bit, very, like no blood. You know, that hit so marginal. Um, um, hunted hard. Um, like I was on that other, you know, I was on freeze, 193-inch deer. Um, continued hunting. Drove to Missouri, hunted there for a week straight. When I normally kill the first day there, I wasn't seeing, like I wasn't even seeing deer there. Um, drove back up here, um, hunted a couple days, went back to work, um, went to, um, hunted first day of shotgun season, set the stand all day, did not see a deer. 
I'm like, what the hell? So then one of my best friends from high school or from when I was young, um, going into school, um, still friends with him to this day. He goes, Hey, um, would, would, could I come with you and kill a doe? So in my mind, I'm like, where would be the best place for him to kill a doe with the potential for my, you know, the buck that I'm after to go through. And, uh, I'm like, well, let's just go back to the same spot that I set yesterday. Most of the time, it's really good. There's normally a lot of does that work through this pinch. That's why I'm here, thinking that he's going to be on a doe, you know, late seat, later in the in the rut here in shotgun season. Um, yep. So we go back in there in the morning, and it gets to about 9 o'clock, and we haven't seen anything. And I'm thinking, here we go again. And uh, here comes like a hundred and high 140s eight with a bunch of base kickers. So – you know, with all the kickers and shit, probably would have been a 50s eight. Um, 75 yards, works out. My buddy's shaking because he's like, oh, that's the biggest. He only had a doe tag or I would have let him kill him. Um, he's like, that's the biggest deer I've ever seen, you know. And I was like, yeah, that was a good deer. And uh, he was like, you're not going to shoot him? I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to shoot him. And I was hunting with homie still. And I was like, dude, I just passed a big eight, had like eight or ten base kickers. Um, he's like, what? I'm like, yeah, I, dude. And then 15 minutes later, I killed Freeze in that Freeze. pinch. Yeah. So I know I know it's cliche, and everybody hates hearing it, but that's how I wanted to end this podcast was you you get the text message. It only takes a minute, or it's only this, or it's only that. You know, it's a, the, your season can change in a second or whatever. And uh, yeah. it's true, dude. It's so hard to believe, you know, and that's why I wanted you to tell your story. Cause everybody knows my struggle of a story this year. Um, last year I hit a limb this year. I hit the shoulder. Um, it's just the bad, the bad luck stuff that happens with bow hunters, even guys that have consistently killed in the past and killed giant bucks year after year struggle. Um, but in the end, the, all it takes is just the will to keep going. That's literally all it takes. Yeah. And it's so hard and so frustrating. Um, just like I went out tonight, didn't see a deer. Like I told you, that's my 10th or 12th hunt this year where I haven't seen a deer. Not a spike buck, a doe. You see zero deer. Um, and you're not hunting like spot where you can see like 40 yards. You're hunting spot where you can see like 400 yards. You know, <laughs> on some occasions during gun season, you're still not seeing any deer. Um, but if anybody else is out there kind of in the same situation as me or Matt, the only thing that you can do that you got, you have two options. You can just give up and stop hunting or you can just keep going. That's literally the only thing you can do. Um, yep. There's no other factor that you can change, um, you know, better property. Of course, if you get more property, go for it. Um, hunt a new area. Of course, like you, there's, you still have to go hunting in any of those instances. You still have to, get out of the chair, go out there and continue to hunt. Um, and like you said, uh, you know, your season could be a fail, can't be a failure, even if you don't fill a tag. And the only way I see myself being a failure, if I get to the point where it's November 30th, I went out, I didn't see any deer and, you know, I go, you know what? I'm done. I'm done for the year. Yeah. You know, yep. I hit a deer in the shoulder. I ain't got no bucks on my property, blah, 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 blah. I'm going back to public. Like I, yep. that's the only option I got because what's going on and either try to make it work, um, or you give up. And if you give up, your season isn't a success just straight up. 
if you're at the stage yep. where you're like, I'm done, you know, this is bull crap. Nothing's going this way. My buddies all killed bucks. I'm real happy for them, but I had my opportunity and, you know, I had a, I missed cause my hands were cold. You know, I've been out of state. I've been doing this, you know, same thing with me. You know, I had my opportunity. I shot him in the shoulder, completely my fault. Um, but just like, you can't just dwell on that and be like, it's over. You know, 2023 is a wrap. Let's move on. We still got months, you know, a month and a month and 15 days for me. It sounds like you got a couple months and, uh, yeah. literally all it takes is one day you're like, you know what? I'm gonna go hunt this draw. And then you kill like, yep. it's just that simple. Um, and the, every time I go out there, I'm like, I just need a little luck. This is going to be the set where I get that lucky kill. Like I get that. Oh, you weren't supposed to be here, but here you are. And I'm here, you know, just how probably 92% of the deer are killed <laughs> every single year. You know, um, I'm here, you're here. Um, you know, I don't know why this buck's here, but he is. And, I, you know, and you get the opportunity. Um, you Everybody listens to podcasts and they hear the perfect strategized hunt that went down perfect and did this and did that. That's probably like 3% of all the deer that are killed out there yep. you know it's just people are saying oh sur- surgically removed there's very few guys that are surgically removing deer um there's a few but there's very very few it's not you know? it's not many man yeah. and i promise you i promise you like those guys that are doing it I promise you they're not doing it on property where 10 other people have permission they're not doing it on property where the landowner allows whoever to walk back there they're not there i mean those guys that are quote-unquote surgically removing deer those guys have either property that them and like an extremely other good hunter or they own property or they lease property or they have they have some pieces in public that they have really 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 just worked over for the last five ten years where they just know it like the back of their hand and you know I'm not at that stage in my hunting career where I can, where I can confidently say like, yeah, if like tomorrow, like tomorrow I could lose everything. That's what I'm saying. Like I could get a call tomorrow and it would not shock me one bit. If every single property that I could hunt on, if they called and was just like, yeah, we're not going to allow it this year. Like we're, we're not going to allow it next year. Like I, dude, it's like, it, it's almost scary to think about like we spent so much time effort and money and into this and it's like man i don't have anything locked down that's permanent you know and it's just i don't know i just it's frustrating but yeah. you know to your point like you know, not a lot of guys are doing it and it takes it takes a special property it takes a special a special dude with a lot of a lot of grind and like you said i couldn't agree more like if you looked at my season, the amount of money that I've spent in tags and the amount of time that I've taken off of work, I, I have not killed, I've killed one doe all year. And it's like, and I've, I could have killed a lot of, a lot of does. I'm not saying that. And I, you know, I could have killed some lesser bucks, but it's like my goals this year were my goals. And like, if, mm-hmm. if an outsider was looking in and saw the amount of money and time and effort that I put in there, like, why would you do that? And it's like, well, it's cause I love it. You know? And if you're, if you're at a stage where you want to give up and you're just like tired of hunting, man, don't do it. Cause you're going to regret it. You're going to feel good now about it. You're going to be like, screw deer. I'm not, I hate it. But come, come the last weekend of season, when you know, deep down, like this is the last weekend to hunt, you're going to want to go out there. And if you don't kill, you're going to regret it. And 
And as long as you don't have any regrets, man, that it was a win in my book. Like you, yeah. you just won your season. You you're know? gonna be sitting there, and you're gonna be like, man, why didn't I just try that draw, or why didn't I try that yeah. outside corner of that field? Like that's exactly yeah. what I do at the end of the year, even if I hunt. And if I yeah. gave up, dude, the amount of why I didn't, why did I not do this, would be astonishing because. Um, like I said, the only way in my eyes that you can fail a season is if you just you just give up. Because you, like I said, I killed December th- like thirtieth. You know, yeah. Like you, it's doable. Is it easy? No, no. it's not easy. No. It's no. it's absolute agony from here on out. Dude. When we get into those cold days, oh my. We gosh. are in trouble, man. Oh. We are in trouble. It's so bad, dude. Oh, it's so so bad when you get out there. Um, and uh, I got gear, the gear for it. Um, but man, it's hard, hard. Like you said, it gets hard to draw your bow. There's no cover. If you're trying to do hanging hunts, you're got to be real careful on that because you don't want to get sweaty while you're hanging your stand and you can't go as far as you used to and yeah it's uh but if you hang it up you're done you know so just remember that um take you know take matt's season and in my season and think well maybe maybe you had it worse or maybe you haven't had it that bad but there's still like i said the the main thing is dudes that have killed consistently in the past even out of state on trips like you, we struggle. We have years where we don't it don't click. You do a podcast, yeah. I do a podcast. You film. People think, oh, these guys are just slayers. They know exactly what they got going on. That's not the case um, nope. when you're a normal guy. Um, no. Nope. And that's message, like you said, the message is lost, and people don't record episodes like this <clears throat> for one because they don't want to talk about their selves messing up or you know not killing a buck they want to talk about when they killed a buck you know and um they don't want to talk about all the struggles that they had um and they feel like people excuse me don't want to hear it um but like you said like we said at the beginning of this there's probably 80 percent of the guys that are still they're in this boat of am i gonna be done for the year or am i gonna keep trying like they're that's where a lot of guys are gonna be you know and Hopefully this podcast, you know, was like get, if we if we motivated five dudes to be like, you know what, I'm gonna give her a couple yeah, more a, sets. You know, this whole thing for me. Yeah, this yeah. whole thing is a win. You know, the whole conversation's a win. Um, you know, and just like you said, motivate the some guys to just say, you know what? You know, like you said, God has a plan. Um, I'm gonna keep keep swinging. And that's what I said the last episode. I wanna be out there. I'm still swinging. Um, you know, you you're not done until you you lay the axe down. And um, I'm not gonna lay the axe down to the last day of season when I when I can't can't do it anymore. Um, so, Amen, brother. Yeah. Amen. All right. Well, I appreciate your time, dude. Um, we'll hop it I off of that. It. But uh, yep. I'll let the people know where they can find your stuff, and then we'll wrap it up. Yeah. So, uh, Born Again Bow Hunting is our channel. Uh, we have a YouTube channel. We have a podcast. Um, we're on all the socials. So check it out at Born Again Bow Hunting. <clears throat> Excuse me. We've had a we've had a banger year as a team. Like I mean, I couldn't be. God has blessed us as a team. Myself, not so much, but like I just gotta keep rolling with punches. Like we were talking, but like we've killed. Oh, Kevin's killed two bucks. Jared's killed two bucks. Blacks killed a buck. And uh, I mean, we just we've had a banger year. Um, really, we really appreciate you guys checking out our podcast. If you like Cody's podcast, 
ours is i would say very similar like we're we're good christian dudes down to earth like we talk real talk we don't we don't hide anything behind like a closed door and, and act like we're holier than thou like we're sinners just like anybody else and i make mistakes and uh you know we're just saved by god's grace and we just like to chase whitetails so but that's me that's me in a nutshell right on dude well i appreciate your time man i appreciate you man